a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. restricted section where we are finally next week fucking done with Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix which is in my personal opinion the most god awful part of the entire Harry Potter series. <laughs> I'm super excited to have with me today my beloved co-host Mary Clay. Say hello to the listeners Mary Clay. Hello to the listeners Mary Clay. Also with me is my good friend Ethan from over on Bacon and Eggs. Say hello to the listeners Ethan. Hello to the listeners Mary Clay. <laughs> and also with us today is my other friend, other host of Bacon and Eggs, Tyler. Say hello to the listeners, Tyler. Hi. Boo. <laughs> he like leaned in all chummy, like dad's about to give you some advice. <laughs> I feel like I just got introduced on a video game where they're going to like drop slime on me at the end. <laughs> Not video game, like a game oh my show. God. Like a game show. That's video the next game. That's the next, next podcast up. is um what Double Dare 3000, but it's <laughs> but it's only but it's, but it's only audio. It's audio only. <laughs> so you just hear the sound of slime hitting us. Just imagine a green facial. Arguably funny. I think Sirius like Black had one of those. You hear you hear the sound of bodies thumping against foam a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ethan, you actually were on our podcast just a couple of months ago. How have you been since then? I've been well. Um, this is the first time I've I've touched Harry Potter since then. Good. Um, don't normally, do it. you don't need to. Normally, every time I like open any of the books, I'm like, oh, I should read these books again. And this time, I was just like, nope, no. No, I'm shouldn't. okay. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been I've been well. It's great to be back here. Yes, we're so happy to have you and to talk about film, which arguably at least in Podland is more your specialty. Is it though? Tyler, it's been about a year since you've been on the show and I got to start by asking, is your wife pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Okay. We're, as far as we know, oh. no. So this the, this episode should be saved. Oh. How the hell have you been? Uh, I have my third child. He's like ten months old now. Do I hear oh. a baby crying in the background, or is that my child? He's like. I mean, that's it's the not sound my of child. me laughing. He's, <laughs> he's less than ten months old. Uh, he was born in like what September? August thirtieth. Yeah. That's so like September. nine September. months old. Anyway. Oh, but sh I forget we're Nine in months. May. We're in May. Do, so Do people tell you all the time, no matter what age your children are, that's such a fun age. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but I do think that the like eight to 18 month window is extraordinarily fun because they're becoming like actual people instead of tiny lumps. Uh, Yeah, I would say all in all, I mean, Holden's great and he's super fun and his laughs are super good. He's my third. Uh, oh. Uh, Holden is great. He's eight months old, I guess we discussed. He's super fun. I have no qualms with Holden whatsoever. I will say... <laughs> he does oh, have qualms about his other children. No, Roast no. I, <laughs> I have I have uh, praises for my other children. Uh, Olivia asked me to play baseball today and like put a glove on, and I was like, oh, God. 
we're there. Ooh. It's happening. And she's only like three and a half. So That's so fun. Man, my dad used to play catch with my brothers and they both played a lot of baseball. And we have like video evidence of me trying to get in on that. And my dad being like, okay, Christina. And like <laughs> pitching me like one shitty ball and then being like, okay, it's Michael's turn again. So I'm uh, <laughs> very happy to hear that you're playing catch, playing wiffle ball or whatever with your three-year-old daughter. Well, so what we do is the neighbor kid is like, I don't know, eight. And we'll all go outside, me and Olivia and him, and him and I like throw the football back and forth, and Olivia will just kind of get in the way. Uh, mm-hmm. You got a letter, yeah. Embrace it. And I mean, that's all <laughs> sports are is like every single sport is a variation of monkey in the middle, and so she just gets to be monkey all the time. And I think that's I that's that. a dream existence. But <laughs> but since we've last met, I don't think I've touched Harry Potter. I I did recently oh. opened. I have like all seven books on my Kindle because I pirated them. And, nice. Uh, That's the way to take in Harry Potter content. For I sure. I won't tell you how. I won't tell you how we watched this movie, but let's just say that my DVDs were not working. Uh, I watched it on HBO at two times <laughs> speed, and I watched it. T- in did Tyler night. freeze? Frozen. Or is he oh, just no. taking a he, long time? To... He's like really processing what I said. <laughs> he just he thinks it's that funny that he has to. Oh, there he is. Hello. He's back. Okay. Just like Fudge says at the end of this movie, he's back. He's back. <laughs> And then Fudge, like, immediately on a dime is like, oh, dear, everybody, I was wrong. I can't believe he did that. I would double down if I was Fudge. I'd be like, I got a political uh, career to think about. I think about. that's exactly what would happen if uh, the Wizarding World were America. Oh, yeah, definitely. Dude, that's exactly what J.K. Rowling did the second someone was like, you're wrong. She was like, well, what if I was extra right? A lot of my friends are Death Eaters. A lot of my good friends are Death Eaters. Oh, my God, stop. Stop. It's too real. Um, anyway, the third wedding anniversary is glass in the contemporary, whatever, you know, it, it can, uh, traditionally it was leather, but like, ew. So glass. So my husband for a third wedding anniversary bought me a new bong. Nice. Nice. It is a, a one footer. Cause I have like an eight inch bong, which constantly gets water in your mouth. She tries really hard, but she's not good enough. And then I have like a three foot bong, which Haley, my friend Haley, her mouth is so small that she has to like, kind of like deep throat it a little <laughs> So, so Sean was like, we need to get a bong Haley can use. So it's a pretty one footer with like, um, it has a shower head percolator. This is not for any of you guys, I guess this is for the listeners. And it has like a, like a milky, uh, periwinkle like accents. And it's like a really strong beaker bottom. Anyway, if you have any cool name ideas, let me know. One rule, they cannot be Harry Potter related. Mm. My other bong has a Harry Potter name, and I'm trying to brand my personal life away you, from you Harry You very Potter. much almost got Bong Weasley out of me just now. <laughs> um, Yeah, someone said Harry Pothead, and I was like, huh. But then the one that I'm liking most so far is Hannah Bongtana. <laughs> That's pretty good. You just, here's, Christina, here's what you got to do, okay? You have to search, because, because, Bong will work good enough with Borg that you just need to let the Gen Z kids tell you what they're naming their Borgs. What's a and, Borg? What the oh fuck is God. a Borg? You guys haven't heard I mean, of Borgs? Isn't it the, isn't I, it the gallon? It's a Star Trek fuck, dude, thing. you guys haven't heard of Borgs? It's this the, is the gallon. This is the blackout that... rage gallon. Yeah. They take, the Gen Z is taking like three quarters of a gallon of, of water and then putting like a 750 of vodka in it and then like. Mio, and then like Pedialyte, and just getting shit canned, oh, but that's with a lot no better hangovers. Than the shit we were drinking exactly. in college. That's not bad. They're 
It's getting really smart. And they and they put it in like a like a water gallon, like like a milk gallon, or well, probably not a milk gallon. Ew, but, no, you know, like a water <laughs> gallon. And then it's it's a sealed system. There's a lid. They and they give them names, like 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 Borg Weasley, like Borg. You know. <laughs> Oh my god, the children are so funny They're these so days. so good. Uh, They're so good. So you just, just search good Borg names and then just okay. swap the N and the R. That'll okay. get you there 100% of the time. Okay. Or or Borg name, like whatever fandom, like Avatar The Last Airbender, whatever thing, like like professional wrestling. There's, there's <laughs> Borgs for all of them. Those are very different things. Although I guess not because they both have a lot of fighting in them. I was just trying to show the, the range of... of yeah, uh, from Avatar to wrestling. Bong yeah. Cena. Bong Cena's pretty oh, good. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad. Bilbo Boggins. Sorry. Bong, Bong, Bong. I like, bong I how like about Bilbo. Bongo Baggins? <laughs> there we go. That's better. I or actually the, like, oh, I like, I like, I like Bilbo, Bilbo Boggins better, okay. honestly. <laughs> is either of these funny? Which one's funnier? Is neither one funny? A bong rog or a ball bong? No, no. that's nope. not funny. Saying them out loud. Damn it. That's really close to being good, yeah. though, isn't it? A lot of the same letters. Anyway, so today we're here to talk about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, which is a movie that came out in 2007 based on a book called Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix written by Daniel Radcliffe. Based on is a <laughs> strong by, term for this. Written by Star Kid Potter. Dumblebomb. <laughs> okay. So, Tyler, we have not had you on for Order of the Phoenix yet, so just do, do me a little favor and tell me, like, how do you feel about Order of the Phoenix, the book, and the movie? Like, where does it fall? How do you enjoy it? Do you, do you not? Um, Order of the Phoenix, the book, I would say is the Harry Potter book I've read the fewest amount of times. Yeah. I find that like, long. if I'm getting into the series, it's very easy for me to read one through three and then be like, all right, I'll slog through four. And then by the time I'm done with four, I'm like, God, this series fucking sucks. And then I, at other times I'll be like, oh, I should read the series again, but I never read the last couple books. And then I'll just read six and seven. Because if I start five, mm-hmm. I'm just like, God, fuck this. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a good way to read Harry Potter is just by skipping five for sure, maybe four as well, depending if yeah. you want the light version. And then <laughs> as far as the movie goes, this is I remember going to the midnight premiere of this movie with Ethan and the Aww. end of it we watched and we were like, that was a fucking Lincoln park music video right there at the end. Voldemort's in his <laughs> oh brain. Oh my God. It really, <laughs> that is the and like Voldemort's like, <laughs> I literally watched the music video for crawling by Lincoln park today. And you're a hundred percent correct. <laughs> Wait, why did you watch that today? Oh, because I love um, that. So I needed it. I needed a clip of Hoobastank's stanks. The reason uh, for a video <laughs> that I was working on. And uh-huh. uh, it just auto played after that, and it, so it was wow. just like I was doing Same like work on my genre. on my right screen, and then YouTube was muted on the left screen, and I saw it switch over, and I was like, "What in the hell?" And then I <laughs> Is turned that on the sound. Voldemort like, oh. and Harry having a mental battle. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, it's Lincoln Park." I do think just on the whole, this film I watched it today at two times speed. I think I already mentioned that. Uh, this one, <laughs> you know, I don't think he did. That's I think he funny. mentioned it while he was frozen. This oh. one, uh, to me. Harry Potter has always done a really good job of like knowing exactly how serious to take itself. And this particular movie, I think misses the mark. I think this movie jumps into, I need to take myself too seriously before it's really ready to be there. And I get that like Cedric already died and Dumbledore's army and all that bullshit. But like, 
The prophecy doesn't make any fucking sense. And the end of this movie is supposed to be like the kids versus the Death Eaters, the adults versus the Death Eaters, Harry versus Voldemort, Dumbledore versus Voldemort. And I don't know. I feel like Dumbledore versus Voldemort is a very cool scene. I remember seeing it in the theater and being like, that was fucking awesome. But it is not as good as what I feel like I have been promised for Dumbledore versus Grindelwald. And it needs to be mm. better than that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think you said that eloquently. I, I, I like your take. Ethan, you came on for the book, but tell us about the movie. Like, where do you stand, like, generally on this movie? The older I get and the more times I revisit this series in pieces or as a whole, I do think this is my favorite Harry Potter movie. No way. Wow, that is so wild to me. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it, it just... I'm gonna, this is going to be a really... A like somebody farted on her. This is going to be a really <laughs> weird way to put this, but this is the one that feels most like, like a movie and not part of a series to me. Hmm. I don't know why. Hmm. It just, like, it's something about the, the music is a drastic change... And the style is a drastic change, and there's a lot David of like Yates. montages. It's, it's a new director, right, from the previous. Four? It is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This is so where. The the oh first my gosh, Christina! Three... I'll have to dig up. Uh, I wrote an essay like my senior year about like the continuity of the Harry Potter movies and like the directors. Like, did having different directors hurt mm-hmm. or help the franchise? And I wrote like a. It was supposed to be like eight pages, and I think it ended up being like twenty five pages long. Stop. I'll have to like okay. send it and you can add it to like the Patreon or something. Oh my God. That's so funny. I'll, I I'll tell to. you this as a, as a film fan and as a fan of star Wars, different directors exclusively helps the franchise. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Uh, Christopher yeah. Columbus could not have directed this movie. I, I'll I, agree with that. The tone was appropriate for he, what he did the first three, right? First two. No. Don't you dare. First two. So first Columbus two. did the first two. Remember the one I can't name, the one whose name I have trouble pronouncing. Oh, yeah. Because Alfonso I can't say my Yeah, Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah, there we go. He did, he did number three and then. Okay, um, yeah. David it was like Mike, Mike Newell, Newell or something. Mike yes. Newell <laughs> did number four. Did four. And, and I honestly, and then I, this guy, I think the rest of them, it. I think. David Yates did the rest of them and the three Fantastic Beast movies. I think they waited one movie too far to get Yates. I think he would have helped four if it mm. had been part of that whole like, because I like the way they went stylistically with this one onward. Uh, it mm-hmm. gets intense like at the end, like they they really go for like more Twilight than not Twilight by the end of it. And it's like just super aggressive color grading. And but. I like where it goes stylistically, and the rest of these to me feel like a series in a way that it didn't previously, or at least since one and two came out. Interesting. Yeah, but but I feel the same way about the books. Like, like you have the first three books that are kind of like one thing, and then the the fourth five is like the middle child. You know what I mean? And then five, six, and seven sort of felt like another trilogy to me. Like Mm -hmm. we're like into. You know, we have the prophecy. We're about to start learning about the the Horcruxes, all this stuff. We have to fight Voldemort. Um, we so have four to. Four is the middle part. Yeah, I mean, we at four is the Empire Strikes Back, and the the bad guys win. <laughs> Mary Clay, what do you think about this movie? Laid on me. We watched it together approximately four days ago. Um, is that right? Did you come to that? <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Did you? And you said it I'm wasn't so... because of Tears of the Kingdom. It, no, that was true. I was having a uh, dinner with my family and by family i mean nephew whenever the ne- oh, whenever the baby is involved we're all there mm-hmm. i get it yeah um 
I, 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 I mean, this is a movie that like I would skip. It feels long. It's, I mean, it's exactly like reading the book. Like it's just like not an enjoyable experience. Like I think there, I will say like the music in this movie, like the score is outstanding. The specific piece for Umbridge is absolutely brilliant. But like, yep. I I don't like how this is kind of what's I, I don't like how David Yates handled the Harry Potter franchise because he he did the thing where he made it literally so he was like, oh, it gets darker. So we're going to have it be literally darker. And then it's like, I can't see the fucking <laughs> burrow burning, which isn't even a scene in the book. Like I have to turn all the lights off and cut my hands to the TV. <laughs> Stop. I, I like That's don't so like silly. the I mean, I think it's it kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite because I love the vibes and the aesthetic of Azkaban. Mm. And then I feel like five onward, the vibes at Hogwarts are not it. <laughs> it's so despairing and depressing. Yeah. And like, yeah, you Harry's lose so going much through of the some fun. stuff, yeah. but mm -hmm. there's still like fun and whimsy about because it's Hogwarts, you know, they're at fucking magic school and they're like, what if it was like when they go to the austere Academy in a series of unfortunate events? I mean, don't get me wrong. I would definitely take Alfonso Cuaron having done four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, if he, one, yeah, two, if three, he could like, have finished out the whole frame, I think that would, I think he would have done an outstanding job. Yeah. But like, I think that, no, that was never I, even on the table. Yeah, that, that never could have happened. But I also fear, like, as a Marvel fan, what would have happened if he did that? If you took a, a director with that much stylistic, like, input and had him do the rest of the yeah, series. Yeah, it is very particular, yeah. It is very particular. Mm -hmm. And you'd also, like, I fear that you would end up with, like, a Thor Love and Thunder kind of thing where it's like, okay, we've had enough Taika Waititi. Like, it's, you can dial it back a little bit, buddy. Oh, I didn't even see that one because I was like, I've had enough. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was, it was. It was mid. Yeah, you can skip it. <laughs> Tr re okay. really and truly you could skip it so one thing that I feel like every time I watch the Harry Potter movies I get less forgiving about how bad of how bad all of these like child actors are like every interaction they have I think still is so forced I don't so know I inorganic. think they I think like we've talked I, I'm sure that like I've defended them every time but I feel like they get genuinely better each film and they do They're there, not there are yet. i would say that compared to other child actors who started when they were 10 and 11 years old and kept with it i would say that like they're pretty you know as far as child acting goes i think it's pretty good <laughs> obviously they're not going to compare to like the like outstanding adult actors on yeah on screen I mean, in regards to the child acting, I think this is the best we had up to this point from child actors. I mean, I'm sure there's some niche example that, that proves me wrong, but you have to compare this against, like, Spy Kids. And, oh, my God. Spy and, Kids. That's organic. <laughs> but since this, we've had, like, Game of Thrones, which had really good child acting for the most part. Mm -hmm. So it's I think it's tough to say, but... I said for the most part, okay, everybody just chill. <laughs> I also just think that like the writing is just so like in like inelegant, like un mm -hmm. like the right the writing just is like 
so absolute like bare minimum of like what exact words do we need to say to convey like the bare minimum of this story yes i just i just don't think much of it has any flavor like yeah. it's just in particular totally- i'm thinking of like the last couple things that harry says in the movie where like he's having the mental battle with voldemort and he goes like i feel sorry for you because you'll yeah. never know love oh, or friendship. And then like the movie ends with them walking towards the carriages, leaving Hogwarts. And then they go like, well, we have something Voldemort doesn't have something worth fighting for. Okay. Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was such a silly freaking line. I was like, I it's, don't know that you do yeah. like he it's has something great. worth fighting for. He's trying to get his life back. He's, He's trying like, to, I just want to live in peace. I just, well, I just want to complete a fucking school year without someone dying. That's what I'm fighting for. Right. I want to read a math book <laughs> and not be bothered. It does like almost feel, I think, like more like a stage play sometimes. The way that like Hogwarts, they use like the set, you know, just like kind of stomping around on it. And like the way they exchange dialogue to me is very like stage play. You know what I mean? It's like just like shouting to the audience. Yeah. <laughs> like this is what's happening it, right now. The weird thing about this one, I think more than any of the others, is Hogwarts is a character, but it is like a brand new character. They had to like reintroduce her. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's there yeah. and they use the rumor requirement and everything, but it's like. It, How do they find the room of requirement? Sorry, I'm not talking into my microphone. How did they find the room of requirement in the books? Does anyone remember? Does Dobby, tell Dobby tells Harry. them for when? Oh, oh, Harry like asks him to right in this book, and he's like, "How about the room of requirement?" And then he's like, "Oh my god, that chamber pot story." Dumbledore told me that one time, right? Yeah, isn't I? I always thought the room of requirement was where the mirror of Erised was, but I is that that's not like a real mm, thing. That I think was that's just a thing a, your brothers made up. I don't is know. It? Okay, yeah. I think I, so. listen. Let me tell you, there was once evidence. upon a dream where nobody could ever ask me a Harry Potter question and I wouldn't know the answer. And now, dead ass, I'm pretty sure Harry's in Gryffindor. <laughs> like, Who knows? My Harry Potter Call knowledge has just completely dumped out of my brain. Just remember, That's though, he's best. not, we know for a fact, he's not in Ravenclaw. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Yeah, I can never remember what actually happens because I work for people that do Harry Potter theories and... Mm-hmm. And I can never remember what is real and what is some bullshit that they made up. <laughs> There's a Bob's Burgers episode about that. Non-canonical. 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 Like, legitimately, one of the videos that we did this week, or last week, was like, what if Crookshanks just killed Scabbers? Oh, yeah, but they thought... They thought he did for a hot minute. And there's like a legitimate but like, what piece if of it, my brain. Like, what if he followed through with yeah, the like, act it, of murdering It's like, what would, happen, what would happen in the next five books if Crookshanks six? Wow, it would have been scabbers. a lot. So basically we have, not to, uh, ta- not to pile on to the misogyny of this series, but we have Hermione to blame for it. Because if she hadn't stopped Crookshanks, wow. I'll tell you one thing, he would have killed this- Peter Pettigrew. This movie is the first Harry Potter story where J.K. Rowling comes out and is like, I am heterophobic 
Uh, there will be no boys and go- girls near each other in my boys and goils. Boys and goils. Dude, are you are you talking about how when Harry and Cho kiss, they're literally five feet apart from each oh my other? God. Well, there's that, but there's also Dolores Umbridge being like explicitly boys and girls have to be oh, apart yeah, from the, each other. Yeah, boys and girls are strictly prohibited from being within five feet of each other or whatever. Uh, and then like she walks, but it's that fantastic Professor Umbridge montage, and she's like. What and it's so great because what's her name? Milda Staunton is so yeah, great, and it's I think like she's the most on point part of this movie. Uh, Tyler, time out real quick. Are you under the impression that the author looked at this book and was writing this book and was like, ah, yes, I am Dolores Umbridge. I don't think that she knew, but I know who she is now. It's like irony, yeah, yeah, like that's irony. <laughs> oh, baby. definitely no, it is. But I don't think that she was sitting she there. Definitely, like, she definitely. This is the character I'm introducing myself yeah. into. Like no. Yeah. Oh my God. Imelda Staunton is so good as Dolores Umbridge. It's, it's so She's great. The only one. She's so tiny. And it's so crazy how she almost like perfectly matches the written description of. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. It's, so fu- it's so funny because like two weeks ago, I watched the 1993 movie Much Ado About Nothing, and a major plot point is Imelda Staunton getting railed on a balcony. <laughs> Yes, I remember she's in that. She's like so young and hot. Her boobs are everywhere. It's very fun. Boobs are everywhere in Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah, that also <laughs> has... Um, Is it that has, the um, Keanu Reeves which, version? Yes, Keanu yeah, Reeves. It I has um, Denzel Kenneth, Washington. Uh, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth yeah. Branagh. And what the fuck... Um, what's that other bitch's name? Emma Thompson, Thompson. Who's also... Fucking in this movie, they're all fucking yeah. in this. They're not fucking Wait, in this. Wait, that's movie. why we um but we they're covered in this franchise. We covered slash are covering it on the Patreon. Hold on, give me one second. But you're doing much ado about nothing. Yes, we already recorded it. Oh, why was I'm so <laughs> mad about this? It's coming why out was in I not July. invited? Delete the I, there's recording. There's too many. Pe- there's too many people. Um, it's coming out in July. So sign up for our Patreon, five dollar a month and up tier before July to get that bonus episode and watch the movie with all truly the glorious cities for yourself. I will say, whoever did casting for this this just whole series, oh, brill- brilliant, got so many things right, and I get that like. They wanted mm-hmm. it to be all British, and like every British actor alive was like, "Get me in these fucking movies, <laughs> yeah, somehow." <laughs> One of and my so, favorite like, things from a, a random like interview is Martin Freeman was talking. I think it was when he had just been like they were doing press for The Hobbit, and he was like, "There was a point. Uh, there was one point in time where if you were a British actor." And you were you were either in the Lord of the Rings movies or you were in the Harry Potter movies, and then the rest of us were like Dickens orphans with our faces yeah. in the window looking in. <laughs> and I just think about that all the time. There were there were so many so many people, so many great British actors in both of those series, and such little overlap. Like, yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is crazy. I mean, I get that they they're like I mean they weren't filmed at the same time, but like so little overlap there that I'm like, how how do we still have British people that haven't been well, in either? One thing that Harry Potter really? does have that Lord of the Rings lacks entirely is Harry Potter does have a pretty, at least a few female characters. So that was like a whole other gender that they could tap into that oh, weren't in Lord yeah. of the Rings. Yeah, they had to hire more than three female actresses. Yeah. And Liv Tyler's an American. 
the Harry Potter books truly hate women so much, but the movies somehow like managed to do it more, I think, by like further just like just like flattening their characters to into just like the most basic of archetypes, you know? I I would argue that the majority of movies do that when they're adapted from books. I know it's just such it's it's just, just it's just what happens like characters <laughs> when they're being translated to this one and a half hour neps why did I say one and a half hour no movies are ever fucking it's one and a half hours, long. hours. Nothing except you know it book. is one and a half hours long <laughs> yeah, cocaine I guess bear that just goes I guess that just goes back to my overall theory that it's irresponsible to uh, adapt fantasy novels into movies instead of TV series oh, 100%, because you, you yeah. just don't yeah. have enough time okay you just that don't have being time to said do it right. This does not need to be a TV series. Looking at you, HBO. Yeah, we have a, a petition. Great, it's a in the description. Point. Go sign it. Thank you. Thank you so much for reminding me about that. You're completely right. Uh, I'll say this. I mean, th- like, I don't know what the TV show is going to be. I will probably have kids who want to watch it by the time it comes out. So I'll have to deal with that. You weren't going to convince Warner Brothers in 1999 who could barely keep Pokemon on the air on WB Kids to invest hundreds of millions of dollars into a Harry Potter TV show. No, but that doesn't mean we can't learn from the mistakes. And now things are getting TV shows, you know? Every fantasy book mm-hmm. is a TV show. Wheel of Time does. It's just like it a sucks. couple decades too late or yeah. too early, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely not really interested in this TV show, but some other really excellent TV adaptations of books are like the His Dark Materials I quite like as a TV adaptation. Yeah, I've heard that one's good. Hmm. Can't think of another example right now, but there is good one. I mean, obviously Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones you, is, I mean, is good when it's adapting the books. It, yeah, of, exactly. Exactly right. Game of Thrones was good that's when exactly it was adapting right. the books. Yeah, 100% yeah. true. They got a few <laughs> things right after that, but it really did tail off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the quality does tend to ebb out at the Rings end. of Power is a series. That It is a series. There's no denying that. They made it's it. got characters and things that happen in it. <laughs> Uh, Not a single, there's nobody that I've talked to, because I haven't talked to Mary Clay about it specifically, but nobody I've been able to talk to has told me a damn thing that it's about, but mm-hmm. I'm like, it's, hard it's, to, about it's hard to get a finger on it. I'm like, so what is it about? And they're like, and wanting to take down Sauron and she gets distracted along the way. Basically everybody at work watched it except for me and they were all just like, yeah, um, it was an episode. I would say compared to like a lot of television, I think it was like comparable. I don't know. Like it, it wasn't like blowing my mind the best thing I've ever watched. But like, I think if you're a, a Lord so of the Rings Harry fan in Potter general, in the Order of you the might Phoenix like it. Yeah. movie. <laughs> I'm taking this conversation and putting it back on the rails. Please do. What do you guys think Sirius Black dies in this movie? What do you guys think about Sirius Black as well as Gary Oldman's Why did you- depiction of Sirius Black? I'll be honest with you. The only moment while I was watching this movie at two times speed that I felt anything at all was when Sirius Black died. And I was like, oh, God, this hurts. He says, he says, good one, James. And then he gets killed. And I was like, yeah, it's awful. It's 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 extraordinarily gutting. It's awful. And then do you all know the I don't I don't know if this is actually true or if this is just like one of those, quote unquote, fun facts that like went wild on the Internet. But Supposedly, the scream that Daniel Radcliffe let out in that scene was so gut-wrenching that the editors and director decided to remove the sound from that moment. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, 
I believe it because Daniel Radcliffe is good at kind of losing his shit a little bit. I kind of in some ways think he's the next Nick Cage, but You're I don't not know. Wrong. I don't know if that's like the reason that the director is like cut it. I feel like maybe they were like, okay, so maybe like without the scream. And then they were like, that's gutting. It, it's, <laughs> it, it's haunting because it's like you, everything to Harry, everything else faded away and nothing yeah. else, Matt. It's so pain. Okay. So the moment, just like in prisoner of Azkaban, uh, when they're serious and Harry are having the nice little conversation, uh, they've left the Whomping Willow. They're both looking up at Hogwarts together and Sirius is like, do you want to come live with me? And I end the movie there. Um, <laughs> I end the I end this movie um, when they're in the like tapestry family tree room and mm. he goes to leave and then they do like a really nice hug. And that's where I end it. <laughs> I, I will say, I mean, Gary Oldman and, and David Thewlis are like crazy good actors. And and one of the things I do do like about this movie is that we do get a couple more of the grown up scenes where they're just like acting the shit out of stuff. This movie does have my least favorite thing in all of Potter in it. Potter. 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 What's wrong with you? Potter. 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 Harry Potter. Uh, Harry which Potter. is which is Marauders content, like young Marauders content. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I, it makes me want to vomit in my boots. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Oh, so you guys don't like to have fun? <laughs> uh, literally, the only sometimes we just like to. Sometimes hear... we like to have fun. Literally, we like the to only have thing imagination we learn... about characters before they're dead. The only fucking thing we learn about James Potter is that he is literally a bully. Yeah, he's... yeah, that's how but I he... feel. It's like none of this feels growth. rewarding. He has right. growth. Does he's he? also what a teenager. Ev- he has growth. What the growth. fuck bro- growth are you talking about? He grows yeah, up. He I don't, I don't grow. remember exactly. But. He, he has an infant child and dies. There is no growth. Yeah. yeah. Says the it's, guy it's with like, three infants. It's like a very short amount of time. Like he, he dies when he's like 21. Like, I think there's... Yeah, he, this, impl- James Potter... We, we can James get Potter into this kind of conversation later. If James Potter had grown up, into a man he would have gone out and like cheated on his wife and had like no. a whole epi- oh my god I, I swear to god he would have like i think james potter would have I had to have like this. a come to jesus moment i'm literally to get, leaving to, like, get his act together no i don't trust that man harry didn't just bully snape <laughs> right like snape wasn't in that. their friend group harry also bullied wormtail who's in his friend group james yeah. not harry james yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. nice one james yeah and then, oh my god, and then Lupin comes and gives him a hug. Lupin, one of the greatest characters in this whole freaking franchise. Yeah, I think that he's well represented in the films by, what's that guy's name? David Thewlis? David Thewlis. Thewlis, yeah. Thewlis. I do, there's like a bit, he has that whole like arc, I think, in the latter couple books that I don't think he gets in the movies where he's like trying to abandon his child. Yeah. And it's like, hey man, that's not ideal. Um, I think they just kind of like glide over that in the movies, but I think it's important to his character. The thing about that, I think, is that like the book Lupin and the movie Lupin for for men- much of it were happening at the same time, right? Like mm-hmm. she was writing six and seven after David Thewlis had already like happened to Lupin. Mm-hmm. So like you can't you can't make that guy do the things that Lupin does in the book. Like, yeah, Lupin yeah. in the book was at, a cooler looking dude. At some point, they become completely separate characters, basically. 
Yeah. And I think that his own path. That Lupin is is much helped by the performance of David Thewlis and in the movies, in the same way that like Sirius Black, the character, is never quite good enough for Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, and dude, when I he gets on screen. I don't think the writing of Sirius for the movies is good enough for. I, I think there was a lot of. I think there are a lot of like fun, interesting elements to Sirius in the books that, like plot reasonings and structure and stuff and just kind of like writing in general i feel like they didn't write him the same yeah. way well yeah and he's not as vibrant of a character at all i think yes, what yeah. happened is the showrunners at warner brothers were like okay chris columbus did a really good job getting the kids to act and like he was really good literally with the children and like being involved in that and then alfonso Cuarón showed up and if you like listen to the script of the third movie it is like the most basic sentences ever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm just going to tell the story with the camera and and we'll fix everything else later. Like, I don't 12 need... years of it. Yeah. I mean, that scene obviously is fantastic. And, and that, that has decent writing in it. But the rest of the movie, like anytime the kids are talking, he's just telling the story with the camera. He, he doesn't get He was shit. their friend. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to yell quotes. And I think when, <laughs> when they approached David Yates, they were like, hey, can you do that thing that Alfonso Cuaron did where he just told the story with the camera and the, we gave the kids shit dialogue because they can't act? And he was like, yeah, I could do that. And he fucking can't. I see. Okay. So, and very interesting. And that's why when Harry's having his mind invaded, it looks like he is crossing his legs because he has to pee really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? That moment when he's like, what I don't. he's like contorting on the floor. And at one yep. point his legs are twisted. And I've always <laughs> thought it looks like he really has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Let's also talk about the fact that Harry commits like a wizarding war crime in this movie. And everybody's just like, lets it slide. Like Harry, casts, Harry casts the Cruciatus curse on Bellatrix Lestrange. That is an unforgivable curse. It didn't work. Unforgivable curse. Didn't work. Unforgivable curse. Man, I forget that part of the like Dumbledore. The description of that chapter that it's like Harry when he learned about the unforgivable curses wondered if he could if he was ever capable of feeling that much hatred, and now he did, and it's like oh no, whoa, oh boy, and then they let Harry be a cop. <laughs> when he's people a, position it as Harry Potter is cop. Harry Potter's not the chosen one. Harry Potter's a jock who dropped out of high school and became a cop. Yeah, straight up, dude. <laughs> so Cannot relate to my protagonist. He's so dumb. He's so dumb. Can you believe that every other fucking protagonist on this network is a Hufflepuff except for Harry Potter? Yeah. Because we have Steven Universe, a fucking Aang from Avatar, and what's the other one? Aang is not a Hufflepuff. I don't want. I don't want to get yes. into this conversation. But you're wrong. Oh, about that. you don't even Jackson. fucking like Avatar: The Last Airbender. So shut up and leave. I've seen <laughs> anyway. the show. Top. You to haven't bottom. even. You didn't even finish it, did you? We've had this conversation before. When I watched it again as an adult, exactly. I didn't finish it, but I or watched it when I was a child. <laughs> take, it, take it up with my cabbages. So you guys have kind of stumbled ass backwards into the reason that I love this movie, and by some extension, this book so much. Okay is that like the point Christina made about Daniel Radcliffe being the next Nicolas Cage is 100% right. The best moments you get out of Daniel Radcliffe man. in the entire series are when he's just like loose cannon. Is when like, it's Daniel yes. Radcliffe. Screaming yeah. at people. Mm-hmm. 
And this movie sets him up so perfectly for those moments because I, I, you know, say whatever you want about the 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 writing and the basically the sentences and this and the structure and everything. I think the author did a really good job of making you feel what it's like for people to not listen to Harry ever. And I think Daniel Radcliffe does an exemplary job of of putting what he was given into that character and showing you this like this is a book about a kid who just like needs an adult to listen to him for five seconds so oh. that nobody dies. Yeah, but that's infuriating to read. I'm not saying, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't say it was not infuriating. I, I I am a masochist. I like stuff that makes me sad. I like stuff that makes me feel big things. Hmm. Like that's the kind of you're stuff so, that I gravitate you're toward so deep. as a consumer. You're so edgy. Do you have a Cage the Elephant vinyl? No, actually. Do you? Do you listen to Vampire Weekend? I do. Yes. I don't. <laughs> I don't see a problem with that. Vampire Weekend doesn't hurt I also, me. I love Vampire Weekend. Vampire Weekend's great. Yeah. And I don't like things that hurt me. Oh they write songs do you about nothing. To the drive-by truckers. Not really. So, this <laughs> movie. Oh, this was. I'm um, looking up a fact. That's why I've I, been so quiet. I do remember uh, when I saw this for the first time. It we went like on a random showing in the middle of the day during the summer, and it was my mom, my sister, and my sister's friend. And then the like, I don't know, 30 minutes into it, something broke with the projector, and we had to get relocated. And they gave us like a free pass or whatever. And anyway, about like halfway through the movie, my sister's friend leans over to me and she goes. Ron and Hermione are always wearing stripes. And I never yeah, unsaw oh that for the oh rest God. of the franchise. They are really almost true. always matching. Wow. Which is, I think, part of why I don't also why I don't like the aesthetic of this movie is like, where's their fucking wizard robes? Where's their Hashtag uniforms? Hey, They're Quaron just in like that. regular people they clothes. They killed now. that in prisoner. Oh, yeah. I hate it. The pink anyway. hoodie. And I love this one because the, he let the kids... He was another one that let the kids dress themselves. And Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe, not Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe, the actor, uh, dressed like Remus Lupin on purpose when he did the DA meetings. And that's one of those things that I'm just like, you poor, sweet, drug-addled child. Oh, that's I wish cute. somebody gave you a hug back then, because that was adorable. The first time I saw this movie, I fucking hated it, for what it's worth. I thought this was the worst one until probably about two years ago. Yeah, I feel like I remember being like, pretty okay with the Goblet of Fire adaptation as a kid, but then watching this one, I was like, I feel like they missed some stuff. Yeah. and, and I mean, they six, had they to, the fact that they stuff. cut out the entirety of Quidditch is so funny. <laughs> like, it just doesn't exist in this movie. And then the next movie, it's like a huge part of the, of the plot. <laughs> I feel like some of the stuff that they chose to leave out of the movies like was really detrimental to like our couple main characters having like their overall series arc, like particularly Hermione in this movie. She's like, isn't it fun breaking the rules? It's fun, and, isn't and, it? And, like breaking the rules. <laughs> Who are and, you and what have you done with Hermione like, Granger? This we is didn't do like the whole... She's done this the whole fucking time. She let the troll in. <laughs> she set Snape on fire. Well, yeah, and she like, doesn't, but in the fourth book, she doesn't have her like spew thing. Like, you don't get to see her go on like this journey of trying to figure out how to help people. And I think that's detrimental to her character. I would agree. It's, it is, it is not detrimental in making me not look at house elves more often. I don't like looking wow, at house elves. That's for sure. 
Yeah. You, I, I don't like it either. Ethan said spew is bad, okay? Leave them in the kitchen. Yes, that's that's exactly what I said. <laughs> Ethan is pro You got House me, guys. Slavery. I'm an elf racist. <laughs> um, wow, the way that, like, you only get to see Creature for, like, a couple minutes in this movie, and they're all horrifying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, please don't make me do this. <laughs> Watch this with my own eyes. They saw Gollum like and were like, wow, they did that great. They Let's did that try so good. You yeah, can't let sure. Andy Circus be a house elf, though. Like, that would Can be too. Can you imagine? That would be too. Like, if he was Dobby, oh my God. Stop. Um, I'm going to go back in time and make that happen, actually. <laughs> they would put the spew stuff in, in Goblet if, uh, if Andy Circus played all the house elves. Oh and he just God. did like a I Seth MacFarlane thing. Play he has all the every house elf, yeah, every exactly. like Warwick Davis. No. How they have Warwick oh, Davis yeah. play every short character. Yes, rather than him. just hiring more. I see him everywhere. More little people actors. Yeah. No, he can do it all though. Little actors. That would be, I think, the. <laughs> have you read Warwick Davis's autobiography? Ooh, no, I but I would. Oh, it's fantastic! Highly recommend. Um, Although, if you haven't seen Star Wars. You're not gonna be about it. Oh, I gotcha. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it because there's so few celebrities that I care enough to actually read their memoirs, but I feel like I would trust Warwick Davis to take me on an adventure. Warwick oh, Davis definitely. is yeah. fantastic, yeah. This is I think this yeah, this is also the first movie that has Kingsley played by George Harris, whom I li- quite like. I I think that uh he fulfills exactly admit, how the character style. was written, but I wish he was written better. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, rather than, that's, rather than Kingsley Shacklebolt. That's basically yeah, we, we don't we don't say his last name here on the podcast. It's like so deeply uncomfortable. Basically, every member of the order is like, "I'm glad they were written. I wish they were written better." Yeah, yeah for I'm sure. glad. Yeah, it's like a fun thing that, like, as a reader, you're like, "Oh, I hope this character makes it into the movie," and you see them, and you're they, like, "Yay!" And then it's like, "Oh, that was nothing. a little disappointing." But that okay. was that was medium. Yeah, um, although I, they did give tonks. Kingsley the I iconic, thinking, you hmm. cannot deny Dumbledore's got style. <laughs> yeah, that's Phineas Nigelus in the books. Um, I was thinking of Tonks as well because they do that thing where they have her trip one time and then they're like, that's all you that's need it. to know. <laughs> and also her fucking uh, like shape-shifting, all she does is like change her hair from like purple to red. And she does it when she's being angry. So, so it's almost like they're implying like, oh, her shape shifting is connected to her emotions. And, she has no control over and they, it. And they do have like a brief moment where she's like ma- turning her face into a duck at yeah. dinner. And then that's it. And then I don't think you ever see her be a, what is, what is the word for that? Metamorph magus. Metamorph Okay, there we go. Oh, fuck, I did it wrong because it's a terrible, terrible word. Yeah, but the worst portmanteau of all time. Yeah, I we hates it. Um, yeah, there's just too damn many characters in this for a movie. Like, should have like yeah, for sure. It's one of those things where like I'm glad they all got in the movie, right? Because like I like having a, a person to associate with Tonks and a person to associate with Kingsley and stuff like that. But like, they could have cut half those people, and there would have been riots in the streets if they cut all of these ridiculously pointless Order of the Phoenix characters. Yeah, it's I know, true. I know. There was no right answer. Guys, let's talk about fucking Nigel, though. That kid that gets, I feel like, way a weird amount of screen time. <laughs> oh, because he—he's like a—he's uh, a amalgamation of the Creevy brothers yeah. from the books. I think. I know, is what he's but meant it's to like, be. God, 
Why? They could have just had it be. They could have just brought Colin Creevy back. You know, maybe that, that was another kid was character busy that like they had him Stuart show up. Little or something. <laughs> oh. There's only five British actors. I love Nigel because I am a huge fan of the uh, the montages in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the scene where they're doing all the DA stuff and also Umbridge just putting up all Another of Another excellent score. Her um Decrees. What, her, decrees, yes. And yeah. uh and and you know, Harry and Cho are doing their thing in between all that and like all this. Like, that is such a good like six minutes of movie. And it, and Montage. when I was a kid, I was like, big thing, they cut so many chapters and so many good moments. That is no as an no, adult this I'm like book is ripe for perfect. montages. Perfect. Yeah, this is the book. You can never I tell wish the book story without have been a series a montage, of montages. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like just give me an impression like a music video. You could you have know? cut 400 pages out of this book. I know and I would have like it I feel like it's unethical as an editor to let a book like well, this get into the world. And the thing is like the first couple books was like a thing happened on Halloween, and then another thing happened at Christmas, and then another thing happened in the spring, and then Voldemort. And that was like that was the book, and it was like the first. And one then was with like this one, she pages. was like, "What if the whole year is terrible?" Yeah, yeah. let's what go into detail about what if that? something stupid happens every eight minutes yeah. all I, year. I have to imagine that, like by this point, when she turned in the manuscript for this book, they were like, "We're going to let her do what she wants because yeah. these things are popping off." Never let an author do what she wants. Have I told you my theory on this? What? That like the first one had a shit editor, but then it sold really well. Because the first one, like the original first edition copies are like full of typos and weird random like shit. Like Twilight. Yeah. And then, you know, they edited it down. And then for the next two books, they were like, we'll give you whatever deal you want, but you have to let us edit them. And then she sold so many copies that she came back before the fourth book and was like, no, fuck you guys. I'm going to write whatever the fuck I want. And for the next four books or whatever is left, she just wrote utter nonsense. And they that's why, like, after the third book, they just get to be, like, super thick. Yeah. There's a noticeable increase from, from three to four. Um, how do you guys feel about the whole St. Mungo's be- being cut from the books? There's, is, like, literally 75 pages about St. Mungo's that are cut. That is uh, one of my favorite good. parts of the book, though, legitimately. Yeah, like, yeah but it's, a, it's a nice, the... like, sweet moment for Neville. Yeah. But, like, I would say you kind of, it's more about, like, building out the world of, like, here's how the hospital, here's how our <laughs> healthcare system works. Wow, yeah, and I guess it does work. Because they just walk in. Do you think they have wizard health insurance? Oh, my God. I think they do have universal health care. There's the guy that gets assassinated by the devil's snare and, like, all that happens, and they, oh, yeah. they meet Lockhart. Oh, I forgot Lockhart's in the hospital. Lockhart's in the hospital. Maybe they couldn't get Kenneth Branagh, and they're like, well, if we're not going to get him for the scene in the movie, he was going through a divorce with Emma Thompson at the time. So I'm sure they were already divorced. (laughs) They They blacklisted him from the franchise. They they were not married when they did two and three. Mm. Well, he's not in three. Well, she's not in. Yeah, she doesn't show up until three. I know. They were not. They were not like they were. So they wouldn't have overlapped at all. Yeah. There was no. That was like intentional, apparently. Emma Thompson is uh, quite possibly the Queen of England. Uh, she yeah. could have played Hermione, as far as I'm the concerned. Adult women, <laughs> the adult women in this movie series give so much more than their characters deserve. Oh, it's great. Yeah. As they were written. Yeah. Like, yep. I completely agree. Like, Emma Thompson's portrayal of Sybil Trelawney makes Trelawney in the books so much better. 
Yeah. So like you re- you go back and you read the Trelawney yeah. things and you like imagine Emma Thompson's mannerisms and stuff. I, it's I so much them, fun. I read it in her voice. I read yeah. uh, McGonagall in, in Maggie Smith's voice. The third eye. The great beyond. I'll be right back. My, I can hear. What did you say earlier? A red moon rises. Goodbye, Tyler. I can hear my I'm red right moon. Red moon. I can hear my firstborn son wailing. So give me just a, a minute. A red moon rises. Blood has been spilled. This <laughs> Blood has been spilled this night. That scene where Umbridge and McGonagall are like, ha- I think it's when she's first made mm-hmm. the High Inquisitor, and yeah. uh, McGonagall is like confronting her, and they do that thing where like they ste- they keep like stepping up. And then finally, Umbridge gets like this last like gut punch statement or whatever. And then she and then McGonagall steps back down and is like, disloyalty. And it's then so Umbridge stupid. like steps up and then looks around <laughs> and goes like, things at Hogwarts are far worse than it's I like, Can you tell a shift in power is happening before your face. Okay, so I'm getting the sense that you didn't like that scene. I really like that scene. I I always enjoy the adult actors in any of like all of these movies. They're oh, having yeah. a good time. Like they're here that's why I if this that's exactly the kind of scene that feels so stage play like to me. You know what I mean? Like they have like a couple stairs and they're really like making the most of it. Yes. Yeah, anytime Alan Rickman is on screen in either five or six, because he's like barely in them. Yeah. What even does he do in the Oh, that's right, fucking Occlumency. Yeah. So I hate him in this movie. Like I wish that Control he got to do, your emotions. I wish Prepare he got to do any mind. of Snape's like fun interactions from the book because Snape yeah. has so much screen time in the book just doing petty shit constantly. Like I wish that Alan Rickman got the opportunity to just like play a little bit more with that character. In in six especially, he gets so many moments of just like being like a doofus in the background, which is what you need Snape to be doing <laughs> at all times. Like they should have had Alan Rickman in every single scene and just been like, "Go do Snape stuff." Just like <laughs> oh, I, I swear to I swear to God, the scene where he like whacks the kids in the head. It ba- yeah, mm-hmm. back of the head because they're talking just, about like getting dates or something. Yeah. yeah, that had to be like Alan Rickman. They were just like, "Go go mess with them," and he was yeah. Just, I forgot this movie gives us the iconic, you know, you have applied every year for Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. But you were unsuccessful? Obviously. 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 <laughs> iconic. So great. And just that. that iconic. With the fucking Umbridge music in the background. It's the so The music good. playing in the background the whole time. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's Nicholas so Hooper brilliant. fucking crushed. He just nailed it because the music, it's crushed so like sickly. It's so light mm. and flighty because she's such a small a little, person, it's a but unsettling. it's like sinister and yeah. like sickly. Love like, it. Yeah. I've said it from the beginning. I love the John Williams music that they came up with Harry Potter. It's iconic, right? It's such like Hedwig's theme is such a good piece of music. I still think he was the wrong guy for the job from the beginning. I I think they just like they needed Christopher Columbus to get the things going. I think they needed John Williams. They needed John Williams attached to it, and they needed you to hear John Williams' music. But like the Harry Potter themes were gonna get written anyway. He's always made that clear that like he doesn't write music for the fucking movie. He writes music and then gives it to to people. Yeah, that's true. Like there's pieces Mm -hmm. of of score in the first three that it's just like it's straight copied from Star Wars or Jurassic Park or E. T. Or whatever. Like the dude is so 
and to you know, to his credit, he keeps collecting the bag for the same pieces of music over and over again. I cannot <laughs> fault him for that. But like, this music was gonna get written, and it was gonna be iconic for something regardless. I just think it was. I still think the vibes were, especially by the know. end of his I, tenure there. But I, and, and a lot of people disagree with me on that. That's fine. Like that's just yeah. my my kind of hot take about that. Is like I prefer the music in these so much more. I don't remember any necessarily any like standout themes from six, seven, or eight like musical themes. Like 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 with five, I viscerally remember like the DA theme, so, the Umbridge theme, the fireworks it's theme. It's so weird, but I don't remember the other movies. Seven and eight are Alexandre Desplat, who does like all the Wes Anderson movies and oh, stuff like that. Okay, and it's like normally I'm like he's a themes guy, like you know pieces of music from Wes Anderson movies just from fucking TikTok, like he's a themes guy, and then. After I saw those two movies, somebody was like, oh, yeah, these are by him. And I was like, no, they're not. That's a lie. Mm, this is It's all kind of like nondescript. Yeah. The, yeah. The music for seven and eight, it, it does the job. Like, it's it's there for all the they scenes it needs to be paycheck. there. You don't think about it. But, like, he's not usually the, the, the composer that does music that you don't think about. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the kind of guy that wins Oscars. Like, he doesn't just, like, do, oh, this is a, a, a music for a movie, which is kind of what that stuff sounded like. I feel like you guys know a lot more about who composes movie stuff than me. I feel like I, I, I don't. Oh, I, I, only I know, know a lot like about one that. director and one. I know composer, John Williams. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and I know I. I just like I really love a lot of these the themes from the Harry Potter movies because the different composers yeah. over the years that they've gotten have all really, like I think I've talked about before, like the Lockhart theme is amazing. Like they, oh, yeah. they really. A lot of them just did like a really excellent job of like matching the tone and matching the scene and like creating the vibes, you know. When I was a kid, the only one that I had like on CD was the Prisoner of Azkaban soundtrack, which is actually like extraordinarily stressful because yes. it has that like crazy the night, night bus, bus song, and yeah. then it has like these like this the t- the gigantic like timpani drums when he's like riding Buckbeak, and I would like fall asleep with like nice intro music and then wake yeah, because like there's the loudest drums. There's like peaceful scary. music when there are the scenes where you see like the seasons changing with the Whomping Willow, and then like a leaf will oh, yeah. fall, and then it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Ba, 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 <laughs> night bus. <laughs> Hi Tyler. Hello. I calmed my firstborn son down. Oh, congrats. Mm. My wife was not happy that it was not that hard for me because she has been trying for like an hour. (laughs) But that's just kids. Shit happens to me all the time. Yeah. Thanks for coming back. What else happens in this movie? Um, I couldn't possibly tell you. I mean, can we talk about- Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, you go ahead. No, you, no, you go ahead. Oh, Sounds I was like Tina's about to change the subject, so. Yeah. We we have the introduction of um, Ivana Lynch as Luna oh, Lovegood. Yes. And just another outstanding, like, casting decision. Uh, and just... I, mm, I, listen, I love Ivana Lynch. I know the story, and, like, she read the character, and she was like, I have to do this. I, I was bored for this. I, I I just don't think it's good casting. I think. Mm-hmm. You I think, didn't? I think. Okay. I think that she makes the character something great, but I don't think that's the character that was written. I I see. I I mean, maybe it's because I watched the movie before I read, uh, what is this movie, Order of the Phoenix? But when I read Luna Lovegood, I hear it in her voice. I do too. Voice. I do not easily imagine 
Ivana Lynch, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she has some story about this and I don't want to project my experiences on others. I cannot imagine that she was like the ugly girl that was bullied in the Ravenclaw common room. That's not why she's bullied. Did you read the books at all? Yeah, she is bullied because she's spacey as hell. Yeah, she's bullied because she's she's weird. That's like supposed to be the Ravenclaw thing. And they like steal her shit and hide no, it places. No, it's not that she's smart. There's it's that she's weird. Yeah. She's like, she, she she's believes mad in scientist these... Ravenclaw. Well, and I yeah. didn't expect her to look like, because at the end of the movie, her converse are hanging from the capstone. I thought for sure that that meant that she was destined for like a European NBA league. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, she I... doesn't have enough aggression to play any kind of sports. <laughs> she's another, there's, I mean, like I say, I think every time we do one of these movie episodes that there's a lot of random quotes from this franchise that I would just like say spontaneously like That's friends why I in have high you school. On, I have you on all the movie episodes so that you can do and, quotes. And you haven't done enough. And like more. Luna Lovegood being like being like I can see them too. You're just as sane as I am. And then like she slowly <laughs> pulls down the quibbler and then she's like because if Voldemort if, uh, if you're isolated from your friends you're not much of a threat. And then, like, she turns and smiles at him, and Harry's like, that's not comforting at all, but thanks. That's Man, nice. <laughs> like, the Luna Lovegood says in that scene, like, the thing, like, Harry never realizes that that's what Voldemort's trying to do the entire book. Like, no one explains it to him. Like, the movie's like, here, guys, I know you're having a hard time with this movie. We're not giving you enough backstory. Here's what we're getting at. He's trying to make him feel alone. Are you getting that? Oh, dude, you yeah. you, you explained that to me literally just now. <laughs> My mom died when I was eight. It was quite horrible. No, what did she say? She's like, my mom died. It was quite horrible. I was nine. I See, the thing <laughs> I is, I, I don't think any of you are wrong, though. Like, it's not the character that was written. And they do that a lot in this this, this series. And I think that we've just kind of, like, reverse Im- imagined people onto them. I don't know. I kind of disagree with you because they literally took lines from the book that Luna says about, like, Nargles and the Thestrals and stuff. Dude, I don't know, but taking, like, words verbatim is not the same thing as, like, pull, like extracting, oh, like, a nice, okay. fully formed character, I feel like. No, but what I'm saying is I can I can see somebody reading the book for the first time, not knowing Ivana Lynch, and, and being like, that's not necessarily what I would have pictured. Um, I think you get that a lot with a lot of the characters in this series, but, like, they're just such iconic performances that we sort of have reverse-engineered, like, grafted yeah. that person back onto them in our memories. Because, like, Alan Rickman's Snape is pretty far off the mark in a lot Disagrees. of ways. No, I totally... I think, I think he's just he, a different age. He's well, everybody's age a different sure. age. Okay. They're all a different age, and I feel like they yeah. just literally don't have enough time to get into the depths of his backstory, which are 110% sinister and ill-spirited. Yeah, I... So this <laughs> They is, don't have time, so he's just, like, a good guy. <laughs> this is a blanket statement across almost all, like, fantasy and, and, and science fiction for me. Uh, not science fiction, like, this kind of stuff, you know? Um, fantasy. Is this what we call this fantasy? I, I it's can never, fantasy. Okay, this yes. is literally fantasy. fantasy. Okay, fine. Um, I don't usually ever have a problem with people being aged up. Like, it would be a lot harder to watch James and Lily die in stuff if they looked like they were 21, you know? Yeah, and it would have been weird if Benedict Cumberbatch was in there at like 20 years old playing Snape. Yeah. Yo. You, and, and, and the thing Not is, Snape, like, but like... He, Serious. I think he would have been a great, he, wow. 
a young, like a young, like that age that Benedict Cumberbatch was, I think he would have been great as a professor. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Yeah, it's like it's the same with Game of Thrones. It's like you, everybody's like, oh man, they aged everybody up, and it's like, yeah, because you can't, you can't do this stuff to anybody, but you really can't do it to a twelve-year-old. Yeah, it, that's Game of Thrones was the liability. Duh, to exactly. Not age right, them like, <laughs> and that's that's how I feel about the the adults in this, and every you know people get. Oh, the Marauders aren't old enough. And I'm like, because they because nobody's going to trust them if they're 29 years old or whatever. Like, I do feel like when I was younger, I was like, oh, my God, like these these absolute grown ups. But like, yeah, the that's o- the, the older I get. I'm like, they were so much younger. than Yeah, that's the punch story. to the and gut. I'm, is I'm that an idiot. So we like, are now all, all much idiots. older than the than. Than James well, no, and Lily three, ever got to of, be, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's when it gets, like, I mean, like, that's just part of, you know, growing up is, like, when you're younger, you think people who are 20 are adults, and then you get to 20, and you're like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> and you get to 30, and you're like, 20-year-olds are actual babies. That's, they may as well be 10. Well, and yeah. that's, and that's the thing is, like, only a 21-year-old or whatever would have been like, Peter Pettigrew can be my secret keeper. Right. <laughs> I should do it. I should just be a bro. I this should help him out. This guy who changes into a literal rat, I think yeah, like, he'll be okay. Yeah, I should, I should just oh be a bro God. is exactly James Potter's <laughs> outlook on life at all we, times. We should throw him a bone on because this Because he's one. a child. He's an unformed, undeveloped child. child. Yeah, he's like all the guys I dated in college. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like the guy I was in college. I mean, I wasn't like him, but like I remember being that age, and I was not in, in any capacity to be having children and fighting a war. <laughs> Are there any more like shout out performances we want to shout out? Specifically from Order, um, yeah, fucking uh, 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 Helena Bonham Carter. Oh yeah. Bonham Carter. Oh, that's right. This is um. There's been an ongoing debate. Is this the first time that we see her as? Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Like, she breaks out of prison, um, and she's on the loose. We've had some debate on, like, in in the pod community recently about whether or not her depiction was, first of all, like, good and fun, and like on the flip side, like, is it does it match what the book said? Oh, not at all. Uh, but do you I like don't her know because this is another. Do you think she like oh, conveys I, the character. I, I think basically they were like, okay, so we got Gary Oldman to play Sirius Black, right? We kind of overshot that one. Like he's he's <laughs> legendary, right? Like yeah, people are gonna like good. this character too much. If Belcher's Lane is gonna kill him, we have to really get somebody to to do that. We have to, to yeah, go. We, we yeah. gotta convince the people that she's this just, person could kill him. <laughs> she's kind of like a non-character in the books. Like she does a lot of stuff. But there's nothing, there's no life behind that She's eyes. bad and she's, she's evil, but... She's evil elevator She's music. just, yeah, like, like an evil henchman. Yeah. Yeah, but Helena Bonham Carter, they, like, gave her this part, and then they're like, go, go ham. And, and that, she did. I think, I think that Bellatrix is really, like, in a lot of, like, in a lot of, like, sex cults out there, there's, like, the alpha woman, you know, that, like, gets other people, like, in order for the cult leader. And I really think that Bellatrix, because... Especially if you think about uh, Curse Child, which I don't like to, but Bellatrix and Voldemort literally have a baby in that. Uh, like, well, he's not a baby anymore, but I, I don't know. That's all I know about Curse Child. But I just feel like it's very culty. Like in the language that she, the dialogue that she has in the books is like, I think just 
portrays her as more of someone who's like a part of this system. You know what I mean? Like, whereas in the movie, she's kind of just like this crazy rogue agent, just like taunting people. You know I what I mean? I, don't, I, don't, I think there's like seven deadly sins, right? That's what we're going for with Bellatrix and Lucius is there's like greed and, and lust or whatever. No. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know about that. Well, so Bellatrix is where the other five Bellatrix is evil for evil's know. sake. Lucius is evil because it was the easy answer. Well, like, I think also a lot of it is implied about like her imprisonment imprisonment in Azkaban that she Yeah, really you know, went for it. Yeah. Like like it, you know what she went in as it was completely like amplified by her experience in Azkaban. Mm-hmm. And I think there's definitely a story about Lucius Malfoy that that isn't told. I think we talk a lot about Draco's redemption, but I I, I don't think I've ever considered that like when Harry was killed by Voldemort, Lucius Malfoy had to like make a decision like, I have a baby that age. Do I join Voldemort and protect my child or do I fight back? And I think he takes the coward's choice. And that's kind of like the story, right? Is that Lucius is the coward. He's definitely a pushover, you know, like in fucking Chamber of Secrets, maybe he's like bossing shit around. But as soon as Voldemort comes back, he's just a bitch. You know what I mean? God, I can't wait until we get to uh, movie seven because what's it? Jason Isaacs is just Jason mm, Isaacs is fabulous. I mean, like he's Uh, always been fabulous with Lucius, but like the the choices that they make for his portrayal in like the last movies is so like deserving, you know, for mm. for like what Lucius like what Lucius deserves. He's he's yeah. definitely one of those ones that you go back in your mind and you you've permanently grafted Jason Isaacs onto that character. Like Yeah, for sure. There, he is inseparable from that character. Yeah, and he also plays um like Mr. Darling and Captain Hook in the yeah. 2003 version of Peter Pan that I'm obsessed and with. And then he go and then he also plays Hook. Do you not mm-hmm. know that? Okay. No, I thought I thought there was going to be I like an that. amazing moment where you were like, <laughs> he played Hook too. No, I think I said that right. though. Oh, you just said Mr. Darling. Okay. Well, only the playback will tell. Mr. Darling and Captain Hook. Mr. Darling and Captain Hook. Mr. Darling and Captain Hook. I, anyway, he just like looks good in a ponytail, and in Chamber of Secrets, he has that like blonde hair with like a black velvet bow and it's like the daddy's thing (laughs) um you know who i pictured just now as lucius is the a very potter sequel (laughs) lucius that one okay very potter sequel is like kind of everything to me like the only love in my heart that i still have for order of the phoenix is only a very potter sequel content yes like none of the original material is doing it for me ethan tyler have either of you seen that no no not in a long time it's it's quite actually fun, no. I don't I don't opinion. think you guys would enjoy it. Really? I haven't seen the sequel. No. That I mean, and that's that's fine. Also, I think it's quite enjoyable. Um, does anyone have anything left from the film that they any points we haven't touched on yet? I don't know. There's my point that I want to touch on is I don't think we've talked about that horrific kiss between Harry and Joe enough because it is the most awkward thing I've ever seen. But like, it's supposed to be awkward. Yeah. No, but it's, I know they go it's the like, extra mile. They, they go the extra mile. Like they're, I'm not joking when I say that they're standing in like a perfect, like a frame formation. Like it reminds me of when I was in high school 
there was a rule that you could only hug people like to the side because mm-hmm. because otherwise you're like hug. roping them. <laughs> it was a very crowded public school and we would get in trouble. And that's what this thing reminds me of. They're like, well, don't want to get in trouble <laughs> during our crying Christmas makeout session. It's so bad. They have let Daniel Radcliffe like cannot, they don't give him enough room to experience, experience his character. Like he cannot have chemistry. I think with anyone really like romance, he has zero chemistry with Joe. He has zero chemistry with Ginny. Like he's just barreling through scenes because that's how Harry's character is written in this. I, it is a weird thing to be like, Harry needs to have a romantic connection with Ginny or Cho or whomever. But also, while that's happening, he needs to be inside the brain of Wizard Hitler. <laughs> I mean, I think it's supposed, I think it's, you know, a point oh that God, it's, it's so like, he's also a teenager. A teenager. He's a right. child and he's doing well, teenage boy things. And the thing is, like, when they when they wrote these books, it was very much like, oh man, I don't know how far we can push the envelope, you know. The Christians already kind of hate me because Harry's a, a wizard and it's all witchcraft and shit. And then every single YA book written after that is like, and the 15 year olds can fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's outstanding when you read, like, like you get to a certain age reading these books where you're like, oh, I know what happened in that fade to black. Like, I know yeah. what happened. It'll be like after. Yeah. <laughs> Later, it's it's like (laughs) he wrapped his arm around me, and it's like (laughs) I know what happened. In Harry Potter, he still says Ginny has nice skin. Oh, it's so it's, but it's it's just so quintessentially like not Harry Potter the franchise, but like Harry Potter the dumb boy character. (laughs) It's almost like they had to prove that he wasn't his father. Listen, like he can't pull to save his life. (laughs) Oh, oh man. James Potter pulled one girl and it was because Snape bullied her. And he was like, oh, I'm captain of the Quidditch team. Like, like imagine this, okay? The movie is high school, okay? And instead of throughout the movie, you're cheering for the nerd to get the girl, you're cheering for the jock to get the girl at the end of it. You don't want, you don't want Heath Ledger to end the movie with Mary Clay. You want like the quarterback. What? You, th- I don't weren't you know in that, any of the words that you just said. You were in 10 Things <laughs> I Hate About You, that girl that looks like you. Oh my God. Yikes. Oh, what's her name? Julia she's Stiles. A, I was gonna, damn, I was, I was just about to say she's a Christian, isn't she? She kind of looks like she could be, but that is indeed Julia Stiles. And you do kind of look like her, Mary Clay. Interesting. If you were a blonde. I, I had a friend in, early in college that looked more like Julia Stiles, so that's the person I know that looks like Julia Stiles yeah. to me. Here's the Ooh. thing. I don't... I, I need to make it clear. I don't think I look like Julia Stiles. I have had multiple people tell me on separate occasions that they think I look like... Not even... We're not even like Washington things I hate about you. Like, just at it random, someone up. will be like... You look like Julia Stiles. Well, it's never occurred to me in all our friendship, but now that it was said to me, it's occurring to me. Oh my God. Go watch 10 Things I Hate About You and you'll be like, holy shit, that's Mary Clay. Uh, (laughs) Another thing that I would quote all the time from this movie is that first uh, DADA class when she walks in and she's writing on the chalkboard with like the magic wanding chalk 
And she goes, ordinary, wizarding, level, examinations. Oh, W-Ls, more commonly known as owls. <laughs> and then at some point she's like, you have been told that a certain wizard is at large once again. This is a lie. It's not a lie. I saw him. I fought him. Detention, Mr. Potter. All right, I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> I could just I do, do the whole movie. Let's I do going. hate how... They, I know this movie's for like children or whatever, but when he's doing his detention scene and it's like writing on his hand with like, the blood, <laughs> is his, like, I think that the camp, like, he places his hand in like such a weird position for someone who's like writing on a piece of paper and he's like pretty much like displaying it like he just got a manicure and then he, <laughs> it's for the camera and it's like obviously. Something crazy is about to happen it's, to his hand. It's, it's like, like the director subtle. clearly said, cute. we need your hand on the desk so we can see what happens. But he didn't think about, OK, if I had both of my hands on my desk, what? because like you, the normal thing to do would be to hold the piece of paper hold with paper. your other hand. Hold but he didn't paper. do that. It was just kind of like sitting there in hold a way paper. that's like clearly something's going to happen, which also in the book, it's not the other hand. It's the hand that they write with. Oh, really? I don't. Yeah, I'm pretty detail. sure. Okay. How dare they I change that? I don't feel like that, you know, now the book is ruined. I know. Yeah. Ruined. The, the movie is, is we throw it out. We miss that entire scene where Hagrid talks about the war with the. No, that's okay. Um, I don't. Fucking Giants. Or whatever his name is. Oh, what a stupid Christina, addition. I want to know, how does your young self feel when you watch this movie for the first time and you saw that Madame Puttyfoots had been cut? I don't. I don't remember Who? because I don't. The infamous Madame Puttyfoot's Valentine's f- the Day first date, date, date that Joe and Harry Cho go Chang on. and Harry. Potter's oh my date. god! Thank God it's not there. Yeah, I don't. Re- I don't think I cared as much about that scene when I was reading this as a kid because I don't know because I don't know. I guess it was inorganic <laughs> and horrible. Um, so only as an adult am I like, this is truly the absolute, like, most god-awful spectacle I've ever encountered in my it's entire so life. so funny. Um, so I don't, I don't remember anything from before I was, like, okay, 26. Okay, never so. mind. Well, the next movie episode we do will be extra fun because, uh, by the time six, the sixth movie had come out, I had read the books. So. Oh, true. I'll be able to share my first, and here's a spoiler alert. I was mad. <laughs> I was also mad when six came out, and now I love six. my first or second favorite. I don't know which. I was gonna say I think I like it's another case of like the vibes are immaculate. Yeah, six is the vibes so are fucking funny. It's great, yeah, I think, but I think it's like the greatest relief after reading this book. I'm very excited yeah. to get into it in um I think one exact month from the day this episode comes out. Let me double check. Woo! Allow me, allow me to refer to my schedule. So this is coming out on May twenty fourth, and we're gonna start the Half Blood Prince pregame episode on July twelfth. So there uh, is a Half Blood Prince pregame where like you put twenty ounces of blood and tied into like a forty that you've half emptied. Yeah, it's a, it's a yes. really really like metallic tasting brass monkey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this tastes like <laughs> shitty beer and blood. <laughs> Am I getting it's blood? energizing. <laughs> uh, um, any any last words about this movie before we wrap it up? No. Um, I don't like Grop. I don't like that. That no, was no. I don't like Grop at I all. I also don't like the continuity error where he hands the bike to 
Hermione, and then in the next shot, he's holding the bike. Mm, interesting. I didn't even catch that. You know why? Because I was looking at my phone. I was not. I wish mm. Grop wasn't in the series. Grop's a weird thing. I watched this twice, and I cannot pay attention to this movie. I'll tell you, Grop makes me, like, I've forgiven Haggard for a lot of dumb shit, but when they introduce Grop, yeah. I'm like, I don't think I forgive you anymore, man. You might be a shit You're bag. just actively being dumb now. Right. Yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, as hard as you can to make everything hard for everyone. All right, well, let's move on to plugs and stuff. Tyler, where can people find you on the internet or, like, hear your dulcet tones? Um, I think the only place you can find me on the internet right now is by opening your favorite podcast app and searching Bacon and Eggs, and uh, a, a silly little podcast, and then you'll find Ethan and I being our silly yeah. little selves. And what's something you've been watching or reading or listening to or playing or thinking about lately you think the listeners would enjoy? Um, I've been reading the Thrawn series by Timothy Zahn, the the new canon Thrawn. It's a Star oh, I've Wars. I've never heard of any of this. It's a Star cool. Wars pair of trilogies. They're books and they're very good. Uh, they're like Ender's Game meets Sherlock Holmes in the Star Wars universe, That's and fun. they're really good. Nice. Okay, I love that recommendation. Ethan, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at the same podcast places that Tyler's at. You can find me on Instagram at Edgehill Photos. It's E D G H I L L. There's only one E in my last name. And I don't know. I, I don't do much social media anymore either, if I'm being honest. That's and all right. a thing that I would recommend is I just read a book called The Book of Cully. Uh because Audible pitched it to me and it was a very good audiobook and it's like a weird like like post apocalyptic but also fantasy book. It makes you About feel big things, you know. Uh, the author is. It reads something. like cigarette daydream sounds. What? It's nothing. Cigarette it's it's literally nothing like that at all. Uh, his name is M R Casey. Have you ever listened to the nineteen seventy five? It's Carrie like K- that. C A R E Y. I'm talking about something. Tyler, okay. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing like that. Um, it's it's like a like a like a. Probably not young adult. Maybe young adult. I guess. I, yeah. There's yeah, a like genre a adult, called like, new adult. That's no, like in between. I was just trying to remember what age the dude actually like was. Yeah, because the genre Cause, refers to the age of the characters, right? It's not always, but a lot of the time. Okay. So it's it's about like a like a like a 16 year old, I think. But he does like like big fancy fantasy adult shit happens to him all the time. So. Okay. But also, it doesn't. You. I don't know. It's cool. There's three of them, I think, does, and. Does he have yeah. to play Battleship with Wizard Hitler? Uh, no, but it, it mm. is about basically a, a caveman finding an iPod. So, oh, that's, Ooh, that's cool. fun. Yeah, that's that's very the, fun. That's essentially Plato the wrote a story kind of like that. Cool. Yeah, it's it's a lot like the cave. Weirdly enough, yeah. Mary Clay, where can people find you on the internet? You can listen to that's what I'm talking about wherever you get podcasts. Um, I don't know when this episode is coming out and I don't know when the episode we recorded is coming out, but Christina was on recently or possibly in the near future, uh, talking about shadow of Mordor. It's true. Um, yeah, it was a fun conversation. This episode's coming out May 24th, by the way. Okay, cool. I, I don't know what day today is. I still it's don't May know 17th. when. It's the 17th. Okay, great. And I'm going to plug... A movie called Cocaine Bear. No, I'm just kidding. I'm plugging Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Although I do also plug Cocaine Bear. It's oh, just shit. a fun time. 
Uh, Tears of the Kingdom is legitimate. I mean, like, I I get I got very sucked into Breath of the Wild, so I knew that like even if this ended up being like a huge disappointment, that I would still probably put in as many hours as I did with Breath of the Wild. But like, mm-hmm. I am so thoroughly enjoying it. Like so far, I have I personally have unlocked like half of the map. I've done one of the like main regional quests. So, like, there's still so much to do, obviously, but, like, it's just, just... Quite fun. It's just so, it's just so much fun. It's so Uh ridiculous. The way that Uh there are people crucifying uh, and sacrificing Koroks and people are making Trojan horses (laughs) and, like, bomber planes into Bacoblin camps. It's so amazing. And then I'm just over here trying to, like, attach a plank of wood to another plank of wood (laughs) and then i'm like fuck this i'm just gonna climb i'm just gonna spend the next 20 minutes climbing that mountain (laughs) there are people who play video games like let me push every limit and then there's people like me who is i'm just desperately seeking like the intended path and for some reason it's always (laughs) such a struggle for me well especially in breath of the wild i don't know if it's the same in tears of the kingdom there was not a fucking intended path they yeah they put you in the ground and we're just like go do stuff Fight, yeah. they, they fight have, Zelda um, and stuff. They have a yeah. set of like, the, if we were to make an intended path, this would be it. And they kind of like have ways of suggesting you in this like direction of events. But yeah. exactly, you can do, which is what like I, I landed on the ground after the main tutorial part and I didn't follow the main quest die. And I was like, cool, I can go explore. And then I was like, oh no, I don't have everything I need to explore yet. So like, you can go do whatever you want, but sometimes it has consequences. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, if you but if it's you fun wanna... to find. It, it's the definition of fuck around and find out. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, and if you, you want to find me on the internet in another place, you can play Fortnite with me at oh either Ty Carlin or Ty Carlin Eleven. I those are both accounts that I own, and I'm on a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And the I'm going to plug today the podcast that I've been listening to recently, which is admittedly Celebrity Memoir Book Club. <laughs> I love podcasts that are just like too silly, smart, like hot bitches <laughs> just shooting the shit about something they're vaguely interested in. And this podcast is mm, no different. You'd love bacon and eggs. I love that approximately one hour ago you were like, oh, man, I don't really like celebrity memoirs. And then your recommendation was a podcast about celebrity. No, memoirs. I'm I'm not gonna read them. You know what I mean? Like no, I want to hear it. someone tell me about. You want to yeah. hear like oh the fucking uh, <laughs> Prince Harry memoir? Yeah, like I want I want someone to explain it to me. I'm not gonna read it with my. I own want to like listening no. to people talk about that God one on TikTok me? is no. so Absolutely funny. Not. When he's like this lotion that smelled like my mom. I jerked off with it when I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> I just have no desire to see uh, Prince Harry as a human being in any capacity. Wait, is it? Yeah. H- Harry's the one that left the family, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. There we go. All right. That's, guys, that's the, end of, that's the end of the podcast. Any last words? T- Ethan and Tyler, thank you for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure. And I, d- I don't think we've ever had, like, the full family of the four of us before. I and I think just so. have had yeah. a wonderful time. The only time I've been on with Mary Clay was the first time. And ever since then, you keep scheduling me with other people. Yeah, you don't Feels fucking like schedule me. First. 
time. Well, I I like to schedule Ethan with Grace because you we like her better. High I school know. together because they went to high school together. I went so to high school with Grace. Ethan comes on the show a little bit more than Tyler because you're easier to schedule with Ethan. <laughs> I'm very. I don't busy. have any kids. I have one corgi. That's the thing. I, I have two dogs. I show right now. people your corgi sometimes. Like I want you to know. So my husband Sean, we have four cats. I've always wanted a dog. Sean's like, if we ever get a dog, and I'm not saying yes, it 100% will be a corgi. Oh, so I love I, that. Sometimes I show him your dog, and I'm like, I think it's time for us to get a dog. So far, no dice, but I do show your dog to people. He's a good kid, man. He's he's a nightmare, but I do love him. <laughs> he's a good kid. He's a nightmare. <laughs> well, he has the bite strength of a fucking of the jaws of life. Oh my god! So like, I'm constantly having to get him new, like very hard toys, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't give him like a nice stuffed animal or anything. He'll destroy it in 14 seconds. <laughs> he rips it to shreds like an alligator. I know he does that to my toys too. I'm not mad. But he does do that. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I close the show out? Yeah, close it. Thank you so much for listening to the restricted section. I will now bring you the final words of a banned book. Uh, one that would be in such restricted section. Uh, this is the final sentence of Mr. Popper's Penguins. Then they solemnly lifted their flippers and waved as the great ship moved slowly down the river toward the sea. Um, I want to follow up with the ending line of a chapter uh, in the Witcher book that I'm currently reading. Which that was, will be restricted from a freaking elementary. School I will for gladly sure. come. There it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm pretty sure it's I'll come glad. It's he literally says like, but they're referring to going to. I'll gladly come. He's talking about an orgasm though, right? I will leave you guys on a quote by from this movie by <laughs> Albus Dumbledore, which is. Minister, you seem to be laboring under delusion that I'm going to, what was the phrase? Come quietly. <laughs> I'm stopping my and recording. And that's what I'm, oh shit. Wrong. <laughs> and that's what I'm restricting about. <laughs> and that's what we're restricting. And that shit is restricted. And that's why this is in the restricted section. I'm Adorify. That <laughs> That I'm not recording anymore. You don't, I, you I'm just, JPC uh, and I'm Aaron Keith. Return to the Jupiter. Game. Bye forever. Bye forever. <laughs> the doctor was the mother. Created by Adel Rafai. <laughs> That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the restricted section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Do you love to be super scared? Do you enjoy listening to hilarious hot takes on timeless classics? Well, fear not, listeners. I'm here. 
Welcome to the Super Scary Podcast, where we cover everything from the supernatural to the superpowered. I'm your host, Josh, a scaredy cat nerd who enjoys superhero sci-fi and horror movies way too much. Whether I'm processing my trauma from Texas Chainsaw Massacre or reminiscing on the nostalgia of Hocus Pocus, my guests and I have a hilarious time going through our favorite and sometimes not-so-favorite moments. I'm your friend till the end, listeners, because everyone's entitled to one super scary podcast. We post weekly episodes on Mondays, and you can find us at Super Scary Podcast on all the socials. See you in the afterlife, listeners. Well, 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 look who it is. Dave X Media. Media.